time in the saddle. Once upon a time, I was packing my bag, ready to travel to India for a film. I was ecstatic. It was the end of my first year out of drama school, and I felt a real sense of momentum building. My bag was open on the floor with a few of the essentials already in it, and I was simply waiting for that final call uh, from my agent to confirm the last-minute details before finishing packing. I got the opposite kind of call. My agent rang with a gentle, slow, and apologetic tone. It didn't come together, I'm afraid. I was devastated. One year out in the industry meant I was still very wobbly when it came to rejections. Probably something to do with the fact that I used to spend an enormous amount of time focusing on what decision the producers would make rather than focusing on what I could control. Understandably. Anywho, I was sad. So... I packed up my fly fishing gear and some spare clothes and headed to the mountains. Eight hours later, I was in a hostel room alone. Apparently no one wants to go to the ski fields when there isn't snow. I got dressed into my waders, put on all the gear that made me look like I knew what I was doing when I actually didn't, and stood in the snow melt temperature river trying to catch a trout. One thing I love about getting back into nature is that it doesn't take much time for me to be coaxed back into the present. I can remember seeing some kind of floating rodent pop up about 10 feet away from me. I grew up in Africa with a very different wildlife, so when I saw my first wild platypus, I really didn't know what to make of it. No fish. But one platypus. Still a big win. I decided to call it a day and head back to my empty hostel to eat alone. On my way home, there was a sign outside an equestrian centre. Buck Brenneman Horsemanship Clinic. $50 to watch. Huh? Obviously, I turned into that driveway and poked my head into the big barn. The next thing I knew, I was sitting on a fence for the next three days straight, watching the world's leading horse whisperer work with horses. This is the man the author of The Horse Whisperer used as inspiration for his novel, and whose documentary, Buck, won Sundance back in 2010. It was one of the most wonderful few days of my life, and certainly one of the greatest craft experiences I've ever had. Everything Buck was talking about, I thought, remarkably related to acting. I felt like I was home. I knew that horses cost a lot of money and required a ton of land and time and effort, but I remember feeling like I'd found one of the most meaningful things in my life. 
still, <laughs> to this day, I know deep down getting good at horse riding is one of the most worthwhile things I could do with my time on this earth. Okay, stick with me here. A year later, I was cast in my first series. I got the role of the antagonist for the first season of a new network show, set in the 50s. And guess what? This meant horses. As each episode was sent to me in the mail, I would snatch it out of the mailman's poor hands, dive into bed, and flick through to find when I would be required to show off some horse skills. That page never came. Turns out I was the only character in the show to not ride a horse. I had a beat-up old pickup truck instead. How many times I stalled that thing during takes. Anyway, I was frustrated, but not phased. I looked up who the horse wrangler was. The extraordinary Graham Ware Jr. Four generations of horse wrangling for film and TV. The very man who worked with Vigo on Lord of the Rings. Yes. I found his number and called him up. Everyone got horse riding lessons with him except me. But I was happy to fork out uh, for my own private lessons. I just... I just wanted to get better at this beautiful craft. Graham listened patiently and invited me to his farm. Off I went. Brand new RMs ready to get muddy. And the lessons began. I had ridden horses every Wednesday afternoon growing up as a kid thanks to my mother's patience and generosity, but a decade later, yeah, I I had some tuning up to do. I was hungry and determined, and everything Graham mentioned, I soaked it up. Just more, more, more. Every instruction, I would ask why and, and dissect it as deeply as I could until it felt simple enough in my mind that I could repeat it alone. But then something happened. After about the third session, Graham went quiet. I spent about half an hour riding in circles before I couldn't hold back anymore and I burst out loud. Anything I can do? Anything I can work on? Again, I was desperate to improve at this meaningful craft I was extremely passionate about. Graham smiled, took a breath and said, Mate, at this point there's nothing else to talk about. You just need time in the saddle. I sighed. (laughs) All my passion, drive, determination, excitement. I had wobbled off the path. I was more interested in feeling like I was getting better than actually doing the work required to get better. What's my point? There comes a time when thinking and feeling can slip over into replacing actions which result in actual progress. Sometimes, the most important thing I can do is just get some time in the saddle. No more talking. No more thinking. 
just right. Get those reps in which can't be replaced by anything else. I hope this helps. <laughs> Go to michaelsheesby.com forward slash coaching or email me at info at michaelsheesby.com. <laughs>